Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, let's lift our hands this morning and say, Father, thou art worthy. Thou art worthy to be praised. Thou art worthy to be praised. Thou art worthy to receive honor, Jesus. You receive the honor, the glory, and the power, and the dominion. For by you and in you do all things exist. We thank you that we are this morning, today, wonderfully and awesomely made. We thank you that our bodies, our souls, our spirits are wonderfully and awesome made. That's what David said. He says, I was formed in my mother's wombs and thou hast made my inward parts. And so our inward parts this morning, we praise you. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so if you're breathing this morning, say praise the Lord. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. And everybody said, amen. amen. So last week we were talking about why praise. Why should we praise? Well, <clears throat> we'll just go back to Revelations 4.11 and we'll read that verse again, just as coming off the end of last week's sermon. And so, I mean, it is the last book in the Bible. I ought to be able to find it faster. <laughs> Revelation 4.11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Amen. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy to receive power, riches, and wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the goodness of God. Oops, I was reading something different. I, was, I don't know where I was reading. Oh, Lord, I was reading it eight or nine. Well, hey, I, I mean, it said what I wanted it to say. Verse 11 of chapter 4. Okay, you are worthy. Wake up, Lisa. You are worthy, O oh Lord, to receive what? Glory, honor, and power. For you have created all things, and by your will they exist and they were created. So everybody say this this morning, by your will I exist. By your will I was created. Amen. Come on, say, Father, I thank you that by your will I exist. By your will I was created. You do not create junk. You do not make junk. I am wonderfully and awesomely made. Amen. And so if by your will I exist and by your will I was created, then I am created for good works according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For I am his workmanship created in Christ. Jesus for good works that I should walk in them that you've prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Every person on this earth is God's workmanship and they, people ask, why do I even exist? Why was I even created? That verse right there. I was created for good works. 
that I should walk in Christ's good works that he's prepared beforehand, before the foundation of the world for me to walk in. So he's already got this plan. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk in it. But he created you for this plan, and if you'll seek him, and if you'll obey him, he will help you walk in the good works that he has prepared beforehand, before the very beginning of time, for you to walk in. So how can you walk in good works if you're sick, and you're laid up in a bed, and you're in the hospital, and you're on medication, and and yada, yada, the list goes on and on, right? So that is a great healing scripture. If anyone needs it, you just go to Ephesians 2.10 and say, I am your workmanship. And you don't make junk. And so I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which my Father God has prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. So that's something to get excited about just in that, right? All right, so this morning we're going to move on and we're going to talk about praise always precedes victory. You know what? If you don't know anything else to do with your situation, whatever it is you're going through, you can just lift your hands and say, Father, I praise you. I thank you for your faithfulness to your word. When you've done all to stand... What do you do while you're standing, waiting to see the manifestation? God already said yes. There's things he's already provided for you at the cross in the covenant. And so those things you can say, I reach up with the hand of faith and I receive what you gave me through your blood. The blood's already been shed. He doesn't have to come down and die again for your sins. And he doesn't have to come down and die again for your sicknesses. Sin and sickness go together. Sickness became came into the earth because of sin. That's what Romans says. Death death came and spread to all men. Or sin came, and as a result of sin, here comes death. And so what is sickness? Sickness is incipient death, but or slow death. Anytime you get sick, it's like a slow measure of death trying to work in your body. Amen? And so it says Jesus himself, Matthew 8, 17. I know this is not a healing service, but hey, you know. We're talking about praising God Amen. for his faithfulness to his word. It says, Matthew 8, 17, himself took, himself took, himself took, not his infirmities, your infirmities, and he bore your sicknesses, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen? First Peter 2, 24. I combine two verses together. But let's talk about, let's go to the Old Testament and see how praise preceded Victory. If you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, this is the story about King Jehoshaphat. And so when, when God brought the children of Israel into the land of Canaan, there were certain uh, people groups, certain nations that he said, I don't want you to go in there and destroy them. He said, leave them alone and go on in. There were certain ones they had to destroy. There were certain ones, I guess, at the time were leaving them alone. And they said, you don't have to go in and destroy them. And so they left them alone because they were like, do you want us to just annihilate everybody on the earth around us? And he's like, no, you can leave these four, five, six nations around you alone. Because at that time, they weren't rising up. They weren't bothering them, whatever. But let's, as we go to 2 Chronicles 20, we're talking about how praise precedes victory. <clears throat> it says, verse 3, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared 
and set himself to seek the Lord. Verse 2, some came and told King Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude's coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And, the, and, and it's still happening, right? And they are in Hazan Tamar, which is, which is in Gedi. I went to En Gedi. <laughs> it's in the desert. And just Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Well, that's the first thing. You're to fear God and you're to set yourself to seek him. Amen. If you don't fear him and you don't seek him, well, you're just going to kind of be left with whatever out there is available. And that's kind of a toss up, right? Yeah. That's a 50-50 toss up. God's never a 50-50. He's a 100-100. So Judah gathered together to ask help. And there, there's our first situation. Who do you ask help from first when you encounter a situation? Who do you seek first? Advice of friends, advice from the medical field? No. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't ever go. I'm just saying that's not how God, it's funny how he is so silent. The word of God is so silent when it comes to the medical field and what was going on at that time, whether in the New Testament or when Jesus walked the earth or before, he said, Father God never said, you go ahead and go to the medical field first and then I'm the Lord that healeth. He just said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Yes. In the New Testament, Jesus said, you go ahead and go, go to the doctor first and then we'll see about what happens. He just, he, he always gave them instruction what to do. He said, according to your faith. He always used faith. Faith in the covenant, faith in what I'm about to do, faith in... That's how Jesus rolled. He didn't say, go down to Egypt first and get their potions and then come on back. He never said that in the Old Testament. He never said it in the New Testament. And so I'm not saying that there aren't things that, that can be helpful. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying a lot of it's experimentation. Yeah. And it's a 50-50 toss-up. And so... I'm just saying that God always spoke to the Israelites and said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And so Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you, go and be well. Amen. So we have to, we have to look at how Jesus did things and how the Father God did things, and that would be the most divine way to receive healing. Amen. To receive the things from God is just seek the Lord first. That's all I'm saying. Seek the Lord first. And so that's what it says here. And it says that <clears throat> uh, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. All the cities came. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah, Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. And I know I'm reading fast, but you can listen fast. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might? Well, that's a great prayer. Lord, is in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one and no thing is able to withstand you? Amen. That's a good prayer. That's a good way for all of us to start our prayers out when we're seeking God for help. That there is not, no power or might, no one's able to withstand you. Verse 7, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? 
and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sore judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction. How many of y'all need to cry out to him in your affliction? And you will hear and save. And you will hear and save. I don't know if he's going to hear me and save me. He just said, they just said, you will hear and you will save. All right? And so it says, um, and now verse 10, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, three nations, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. So remember, this is not Israel that made that decision. This is God that made that decision back in the day. You may not invade Ammon, right? Who's Who's the other people's? Up here, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. All right. And so it says, and here now, what do we get for that? Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession. He's throwing it back on God. And so, which you have given to us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes upon you. That's a great saying that we all need to kind of capture. There are situations that you come up against and you do not know what to do. And they said, we don't know what to do. This multitude's too great for us. And they were speaking the truth. But he said, but now our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. We have set our heart and our eyes to seek and our, you know, our lips, our mouth to seek your face. Amen? Amen. And so... Then the spirit, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. They waited. What do you have to say? They gathered and they waited. It's important when we gather together and we wait before the Lord because God has something to say. Amen. But if we're not in that place where he can speak to us, then he, you're not going to hear him. He may be talking, but you're not going to hear him. So you need to gather and get yourself quiet and stand in the place before the Lord and say, what do you say? What do you say about this? I'm thinking I might need to do this, but what do you say first? Okay. And then, and then the spirit of the Lord came upon Pastor Darrell. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a preacher, a pastor, right, of the sons of Asaph to the midst of the assembly and said, listen, all of you, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. I love God. When angels come and get visit people, they say, don't be afraid. When the Spirit of God talks to people, the first thing they open, that's their greeting. Do not be afraid or dismayed. And I'm telling you this morning that when something comes against you and it causes a jolt of fear inside of you, understand and know that God's word to you is always first. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For I'm with you. Amen. That should be enough. Right. Amen? Amen. And so it's just, do we, do we take the integrity, do, do we honor the integrity of God's word? Yes. Right. If he says, don't be afraid, then you say, body, mind, 
Spirit, I will not be afraid. Amen. Amen. That's good. Do not be afraid. All right. I have lost my place. There you go. Thank you. Tomorrow, well, he said, do not be afraid or dismayed, verse 15, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. It is God's. There is a you part of things you need to say, things you need to stand on, and things you need to do. You are the believer, but God is the performer. You don't have to know how God's going to do your miracle. You just have to believe it. It doesn't matter how it comes, where it comes, when it comes. It's just that you take it now by faith and you say, I thank you for your faithfulness to your word. Amen. All right. And we're going to read something about that in a minute. I, uh, Psalm 54, 7 in a second. Get ready, but don't put it up yet. And so do not be afraid during this may because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by this way, blah, blah, blah. You will not need to fight in this battle. He already told them where to meet them. He said, this is where they're coming. This is where you're going to meet them. Amen. They needed that intel, right? God is the original FBI, right? (laughs) And so you will not need to fight in this battle. You will not need to fight church in this battle. You might fight the good fight of faith, of staying in faith. But you do not need to physically wear yourself out and and fight. Amen? Amen. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Well, how do we position ourselves? One of the ways you position yourself is you put your hands in the air and you say, you are the almighty God. I seek your face. You are my great God. And I position myself into praise and thanksgiving and honor and glory and power belongs to you. Position yourself. In this day and age, people have a lot of positions. And one of them's in their bed, in their pajamas, while they watch online live streaming on Sunday morning. Listen, I'm not knocking that necessarily, but what I'm saying, it's very distracting most of the time to watch church from home. If you are really not in a position when you can't, where, you, where you are and you can't come and you're in another state and you're traveling, you have to discipline and position yourself even in that VRBO or that hotel to go, I'm not going to let any distractions come in here on my phone or anything. Pretend you are in church sitting with everybody else when five texts come rolling through your phone while you're watching the, you know, the word of God being preached. You know, and so a wife, family comes in the room or the kids come in throwing, you know, graham crackers or, or whatever. <laughs> the, the truth is, is that the majority, it's a proven fact that the majority of people, the majority of people that watch online only stay focused for about three minutes wow. and then they're gone. I'm not saying that was you. I've watched a whole service online before, but we positioned ourselves in a room and, and, and made it available the best we could. If we had a TV and it had Roku and YouTube on it, we would just log into our account and we'd put our phones down on silent, you know, when you don't have to watch by your phone. So there's times that we, we watch Justin when he's preaching. When we're in the mountains, we're like, okay, it's Sunday morning. 
you know, or it's Sunday evening, we're, we're going to log in, you know. But I'm not saying that's all of you, but I'm just saying it's very important to position yourself for praise and for worship and to treat God the way that you should, with reverence. Position yourselves and stand still. Well, there's a lot of things that we feel like we want to do and that we've got to do and, th and this and that and the other. But the Lord told them, position yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear. Here he says it again. Don't fear. Yeah. Don't be dismayed. Amen? Amen. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, right? Reverence. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. What were they doing? They were worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Well, I think church shouldn't be noisy. That church was. Amen. When the Lord spoke yeah. to them, then all of the singers and the musicians and the priests and the people of Judah, they raised their voices loud and high yeah. to praise the Lord. I mean, if we would just read our Bibles and just say, hey, I'm going to follow suit. If they did it then, it'll, it'll do good for me now. Amen. I, I don't know who came up with, you know, please be quiet. There's a sign on the door of many denominational church. Please be quiet and reverent. Church is in session. I mean, we need to be quiet. <laughs> we need to be quiet when the pastor's preaching and not keep interrupting him. But for him, he loves to be interrupted with praise the Lord. We got this. We're responding. I get that. But I'm talking about when the music is playing, they're like, be quiet. Church is in session. I don't know what's in session, but it's not church. Okay. And so position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. They bowed, they worshiped, they lifted with voices loud and high. Verse 20, they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. If you believe God's word, you shall be established. Yes. Nothing shall move you. Amen. But you have to make a decision. That's a decision you make. I'm either going to believe this word, or I'm going to believe the word of a man. Yeah. All right, so that's something you have to deal with in your own heart. And you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. He appointed those first who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army. That, 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 that's like you guys being military generals and trained for war. And you send us and Megan and Nikki and Teresa out in front of you yeah. to sing to the Lord. Yeah. I mean... In the natural, people will go, what are you doing, you crazy people? The warriors are here. They go out first. They fight. They defend. No, he said, I'm going to appoint the singers to go out because the Lord had already said, the battle's not yours. That's right. It's mine. Right. Stand still, see the south. But he still went out against them, and he's the one appointed the singers to go out in front of the warriors. And so... 
And so when he had pointed and they went out and the praised the beauty of holiness, they went out before the army of, and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They were singing that. I mean, if you have nothing else to say or no, nothing else to say, raise your hands before every battle and in every battle and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. For his mercy endures forever. That word mercy and loving kindness is interchangeable in many scriptures in the Old Testament. It's a replacement for the word ased. Hased, which means his covenant love. That means he's remembering his covenant to do it. His covenant with who? With Abraham. His covenant with Abraham. His covenant about sending Jesus into the earth. What he made with Abraham years ago. He said, they said, praise the Lord. What they were saying is, praise the Lord. Your covenant endures forever. That's what they were saying. Your covenant of love towards us endures forever. They were praising God according to his word. Amen? For his word. And then it says in verse 22, when they began, when you began, and not until then, when they began to sing and to praise. You might want to take note there. When they began to sing and to praise, and not before that. When they began, why do we praise and sing first? Not, not, Not to just bide time. A few songs, it's not a performance here on Sunday morning. It's just we take from the Bible different things. You sing and you praise first. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's how you enter the church. That's how you enter before the word of the Lord is even spoken. You enter with thanksgiving. If you can't enter into a a service with thanksgiving and you can't lift your hands and praise, you're already on a bad note. You're not probably going to receive what you need to from the preacher that's got the word of the Lord for you because your heart's closed. So what praise and worship does, it opens your heart to hear inside and to receive. That's why he said that's the first thing you do when you walk inside the gate. Ah! Praise the Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Praise God. Well, I don't feel like it. No one said feelings was a part of this mix here. We are not to live by our feelings. God has feelings. He gave us feelings, but they're not to rule us. And so whether you feel good, don't feel good, whether you feel pain or don't feel pain, he still said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I'm telling you right now, pain doesn't like you praising the Lord. There's something in your body that starts moving around and starts readjusting when you start praising the Lord. The cells in your body respond to the praises of God like it does respond to the darkness in your soul. Dark soul means dark body. Praise and thankful soul means a praise and thankful worthy body that responds to the marvelous way that Jesus created you in the beginning. So it is a natural, spiritual, divine antidote when you praise him. That means your eyes are off you and they're on him. That's what they said. But God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Amen. Amen. Even when you don't know what to do, you keep praising God because he does know what to do. And by giving him honor, he'll download into you what to do. 
Well, I didn't hear him speak it to me in the next five seconds. Well, God's not Burger King. Well, I'll try that. You don't, you don't try God. God is not on trial. What I'm preaching this morning is not a formula for you to try. You don't try God. I'll try that method. No, you do it because he's worthy of the honor. You are on trial. We are on trial. Our faith is on trial. Our obedience is on trial. You never say, I'll try God or I'll try that. You say, it's going to try me. You are tried by fire. You don't try God by fire. He's, he's already, he's already good. He knows who he is. Amen. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the, the Lord set up ambushes. When you begin to sing and praise, the Lord will set up ambushes against the enemy that's come against you in your life. I have been healed. Don't know what was happening in my body. Doesn't matter. Tremendous pain in my back, in my hip, leg, whatever. I've been healed just by worshiping God through it and saying, you're my healer. And I receive the covenant. And I remind Satan, you have to flee from me. And after I've done all that and I've resisted him, I don't keep resisting him. Oh, it didn't, it didn't happen. Resist him again. Listen, I'm not saying you can't resist him more than once. I'm just saying that at some point you got to lift your hands and you got to begin to sing and praise. That is when ambushments are set against the enemy. And so when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were all defeated. For how, now, they didn't know how it was going to happen, but now the Lord told you how it happened. For the people of Ammon and and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. So two of the nations stood up and were against Mount Seir, and they started killing them. So they took care of that nation. Ammon and Moab wiped out Seir. All right? Israelites didn't have to do anything. And so the people of Ammon, they must not have liked Seir. For the people of Ammon and and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. So they wiped them out. So there's one nation wiped out. Now we got two. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy and turned on one another. Well, that was easy. So Israel just stood and watched while they praised the Lord and they said what? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, actually they hadn't arrived as of yet, but they were singing. They didn't see anything. They looked towards the multitude and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. They didn't have to do squat. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baracha, for they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Baracha until this day. 
Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. But when did the rejoicing start? When they began to sing and to praise. Lord said they sought God first. They waited. They stood before the Lord. He spoke. This is what you're doing. They put the singers and the praisers out front. He said, we can at least do this. And before they even arrived to look over in the valley of what was going on, all the bodies were dead. No armies against them. They had killed each other. Well, that is a wonderful story, and you need to, you need to read that a lot. <laughs> because that would, that, that would suffice for you to start doing that even in your own life. If God can do that with an army then he can do it with you. And it would behoove all of us a lot more every day of our lives, no matter what we're going through, to say, praise the Lord, your mercy endures forever. Your covenant of love endures forever in my life. I am reminding you and thanking you for the covenant. He likes to be, it's not that he's, you know, has a memory problem, but he likes for you to bring his word back up to him and say, thank you for their faithfulness to your word. That's how God operates. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're talking about praise preceding your victory. Uh, We don't have to put it up on the screen, but I I read to you yesterday, I mean, last week, Psalm 22, 3, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, or he's enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Well, what does that mean? That means his manifest presence shows up. You have the Holy Spirit inside you, but many people, he's dormant. Because they don't honor him with their lives or with their time. It doesn't mean he's not in there, but he's not doing anything. He's just kind of sitting by the wayside. But when you start honoring and praising God, he says, I'm going to set up my throne right in the midst of your praises. And what that means, the Lord inhabits, he actually sets up camp. What does it say in John Uh, chapter 14 it says those who love me will keep my commandments and I will my father and I will make our abode with them and we will manifest ourselves to them I'm going to go to that real quick I don't have the um, the reference the verse but I have the chapter in my brain Verse 21, chapter 14, he who has my commandments and keeps them. What are his commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. There's only two now. So, I mean, it's not really hard to remember. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. I mean, that's a big thing. You can't just love him with your heart. You got to love him with your soul. You got to love him with your mind, with all your strength. You got to love him with your body. That means everything gets in line. And you can do it because you have dominion over sin. He told you, I've given you dominion over sin. And so when things are are trying to get the best of you, you say, no, I have dominion over you. I have dominion over you. I don't have to do that. I'm doing it because I want to do it, but not because I have to it or or because I'm enslaved to it. Amen. And so it says here, it says, he who has my commandments and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's easier said than done. Well, I don't like my neighbor. He didn't say you had to like them, but don't treat them like crap. You treat them like they could become. 
You can still be nice. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to go party with them. You don't have to, like, live with them. Just say, I love you, and, and for who God made you, God died for you. Jesus died for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Love your neighbors yourself. The hardest ones to love and to walk in love towards and not get bitter against is those of our own household, of our own friends and family who have hurt us that we expected them not to do that. It's not really hard to love some random person out there. You don't know because you like you just feel sorry for them. But when your husband or your wife or your friend or your brother or sister do something against you and you thought they had your back, now that's where you got to go. Okay, okay, because that will pour poison into your soul and then into your body if you don't if you're not careful. So you say, well. I, I'm hurt. Yeah, you're hurt, and that feeling may not go away right away. But the truth is, is it'll eventually go away. You say, I forgive them. But they did wasn't good, and they're not off the hook when you say, I forgive, because God is the just God. Yeah, all right then, God, kill them. You kill them. No, that's not the attitude either. They're not off the hook. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I'll, I'll, I'll repay. The Lord knows how to talk to people the way they need to be talked to, but it's not your job. That's right. Amen? That's right. And so that's a big duba-duba, that second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so when you do those two things in verse 21, he who loves me, it's these people who love me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. If you do this, Jesus says, my Father loves you. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Do you want God to manifest himself to you? Yes. Then you need to do that. That's it. Two commandments. I want God to show up in my house and in my room. Amen. And so if you go to Acts 16, 25 and 26, we're not going to stay a long time on this because I want to move to Psalms. And I know I'm, I'm preaching fast, but I've only got 50 minutes, or 55, if I'm, if I'm good. Acts 16, 25 and 26, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Listen. Prison back then and back there is not like prison today. Prison today, you can work out on the weight machines. You can go to the, you know, you, you get to eat. Yeah, you're, you're in cells, but you get to go play basketball with the inmates. This is not how they rolled back then. Yeah. The inner prison is the dungeon. We saw it in Israel. It, it, it's nasty. <laughs> it, it's nasty. It's just a black hole with yeah. rats, and it's, and, and it's wet, and it's cold, and it's damp, and then they're putting you in iron stocks. You're not moving. You got your hands in stocks. You got your your ankles in stocks. You're not moving. I mean, think about being in that position and not being able to move. And while the water drips, drip, drip, rodents, it's nasty. The inner prison is nasty. And so you guys think you have it bad? Y'all don't have squad compared to some of the things Paul went through. Amen? You just need to be thankful for that. I'm not, I'm not diminishing your situation, but I'm saying I'm reading about a really bad situation here, and I want you to go there with me. This was a nasty, horrible prison. But 
at midnight, at midnight, in the darkest hour, when Satan comes against you and says, there's no hope, there's no way out, that darkest hour, when he takes advantage of your soul, it says in the darkest hour, midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Have you ever prayed and sang praises to God in your midnight hour? You might have been praying, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me, but that's not what they did. It says they prayed and sang, prayed and sang, so it's a two-part process here. They were praying and singing hymns. Where? To God. Why is, why is praise the biggest gun out there? It's your biggest weapon when you're using your faith because it's saying you're God and I'm not and I put my trust in you. That's all it's saying in the most simplicity way. My eyes are on you and I'm going to praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness and you are worthy. Live or die, shink or swim, you are worthy. Amen. 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 And so it says here that at midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening. Who's listening to you while you're singing praises? Who's listening to you while you're running your mouth during the day going, I can't believe this. This is such a pain. This is such a pain. There was a, there was a time in my life about a year ago when I was just like getting really annoyed at certain things. Not people. I wasn't calling people a pain. It was just like things that were happening on the computer. I mean, I know it's dumb, but it's just the way it is. It's just that I couldn't get, couldn't get my financial program to, to operate right, and then people cut, cut out in front of me in the car, and, and just the, the, the financial end was like they... they they weren't as user-friendly as they are now. <laughs> and that still leaves some to be desired. And so Chloe knows that. But I just started saying this. It's such a pain. It's such a pain. You're such a pain. I was telling Aplos, you're such a pain. <laughs> My financial suite. And so I, I, I said, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. But I, I, got, I got accustomed to saying, you're such a pain. This is such a pain. Oh, my gosh, unbelievable, that too, unbelievable, and this is such a pain. Finally, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm not sure you want to keep saying this is such a pain. Because one time I said, it's such a pain in the butt. He's like, do you want pains in your butt? No, I don't want pains in my butt. But I'm just saying, I know you're laughing, but this is really serious. He said, you need to change your mouth, and you need to praise me. Praise me. Even when this stuff annoys you, yes. praise me. Yes. Because if you keep saying this is such a pain, it's going to be a pain to you. Yeah. And you're going to start experiencing pain in your body, in your mind, yeah. and torment. If that's what you want, keep on saying it. Listen, we as preachers and teachers are under a stricter judgment. Yeah. You might say, oh, man, God never said that to me. We're under a stricter judgment. And now I'm passing this on to you, just FYI, in case you're like, I don't know why I have all these pains in my body, because you keep saying this is such a pain, right? And so the Bible says it'll work for the negative and the positive. You will have what you say, Mark 11:23. 23. You will have whatever you say. If you keep saying this is a pain, it's going to be a pain. And then it's going to work itself down in your soul, then down in your body. Like, why am I in such a pain? Because you keep saying this is such a pain. And so, but at midnight, Paul and Silas didn't say this is such a pain. No, they didn't. And they had reason to say this is painful. 
they were praying and singing hymns to God. Man, that clock just whoop, runs out. And singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great, suddenly, God is the God of suddenlies. Amen. There was a great earthquake. He doesn't know, you don't know how he's going to do your miracle, but you just keep praising him. Amen. It's not a formula. He's worthy whether he ever does and comes through. Yes. Worst case scenario, you're dying and going to heaven yeah. and just changing addresses. And when you get there, you're not going to want to come back. So, I mean, don't even be afraid of dying. He said, fear not. He said, fear not, for I'm with you. Well, I've never died before. I don't know how it feels. No, I know. I get that. Death is an enemy. It's called the sting of death. It's the last enemy Jesus is going to put under his feet where nobody physically dies anymore. But the truth is, is he said, do not fear, for I'm with you. Right? And so here it says they heard him. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. So not only did their prayers and thanksgivings affect them positively, it affected everybody around them that was listening to them and receiving those praises and those prayers that they were saying. Everybody's chains were loosed. Your chains will be loosed. In whatever area you have chains, you start thanking and praising God, and they will be loosed. Now, I've got about six or eight minutes, so we're going to go to some fun stuff, right? I challenge every one of you for the rest of these three weeks or whatever we have here. I know Mark and Trina are going to be here next week. I challenge you to read Psalm 62 through Psalm 68. One psalm a day or two psalms a day for the next three weeks. Psalm 62 through Psalm 68. If you don't get lit by the time you get done with reading them for the next three weeks, well, I, your wood's wet. I can't help yeah. you, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to run through some stuff. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul be silent for God alone. My soul waits silently for God and for God alone. You know, we sometimes just need to get quiet. Put your phone off, turn it off, because even on vibrate, it's buzzing when people, you know what I'm saying? And do not disturb, and you got your family members starved that they can get through on the, and the cops can get through on the do not disturb, because, you know, that's just the way that works. So sometimes you may need to, to like, turn it off. All right. Do not disturb works 80% of the time. <laughs> my soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from who? Is from him. Verse 5, 62 verse 5. He only, everybody say he only, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. The, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you peoples of Word of Life Church. Amen. Trust in Him at all times. Well, what if COVID comes back stronger? What if it does? Trust in Him at all times, Amen. you people. Yes. Well, what if this happens? Trust in Him at all times, you people. Amen. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 63, verse so I have looked for you in the sanctuary. There's not a lot of people looking him up in the sanctuary. Yeah. I have looked for you. Some people come, but they're looking at other places. They're looking at other places. I mean, I'm, I'm on the worship team. 
I have to close my eyes and worship God because I see people playing with their hairbrush on the lap, you know, you know what I'm saying? I see them talking to people. I see them doing things. They're not looking for God even when they're in the sanctuary. When the praise and worship starts, you get your hands up in the air and you say, God, I'm going to draw a circle around me and I'm going to give you the honor and the glory that's due your name. And I'm just going to uh, encourage some of you that only come to 9 o'clock, you know, make time for you to stay over in during the praise and worship section. You want to go home after that, fine. But at least make time to do corporate praise and worship, greet everybody, sing to the Lord, and then jet out. But just to hear a Sunday school sermon every Sunday, it's not going to be enough. It's just not going to be enough. And so... But I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Verse 3, because your loving kindness, your covenant love, your hased, because your loving kindness is better than life. Do you tell the Lord that? Your loving kindness is even better than the life that I'm living right now. Your loving kindness is better than Joe, my boyfriend, or Susie, my girlfriend. Oh, but they are my all in all. They better not be your all in all. Jesus better be your all in all. They're my sunrise in the morning and my sunset at night. Well, let me tell you what, that sun's going down at some point. (laughs) And it's going dark. And so they're not going to be much of nothing to you in the midnight hour. Amen. Never say those things. I, I, I put that in my vows. You are my sunrise and you're my sunset. Don't say that because that sun is setting and it's going to go dark soon and the midnight hour comes to everybody. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, your whoever, your hero, your Nero, whatever. They are not your all in all. The Bible says put your trust in him, people, at all times. He is there for you when no one is. Amen. And so I have looked for you. Are you looking for him during praise and worship? Or are you looking and counting your toes? Or are you talking to your, your friend? Are you on your phone? I've seen people scrolling on their phones during praise and worship. Well, God is not in your phone, okay? I'm just saying. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. That's it. That's all I really should have to read today. Because your loving kindness is better than the life that I live in the air that I breathe. My lips shall open up and my voice shall be heard and I shall praise you. Somebody's not reading Psalms very much. I'm just saying. And so, thus I will bless you while I live. Are you blessing him? I will lift up my hands in your name. Oh, we don't do that in our church. Well, you better go to a church that does that. Amen. Because your church says they believe the Bible and they're not reading Psalms chapter 63, all right? I will lift up my hands in your name. Why do the Baptists or the Presbyterians look at you stupid when you go praise the Lord? Because they're not reading their Bible. It's just a form of religion. I will bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. Is your soul satisfied today? If it's not, you don't have your eyes on the Lord. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness or abundance. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Do you, when we say praise God, give him glory, a shout to the Lord. Why why do people not speak up? Some people do. But it says my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. 
So let's do what the Bible says. Amen. I am reading from the Bible. Okay. So Psalm 65, verse 3. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. That is something to praise God for. Jesus has already done that. The shed blood, the sacrifice. Verse 3. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. Okay, he caused you to come boldly unto the throne room of grace. Are you praising him for that? You're blessed because you get, you've already been chosen to walk into the throne room of God boldly. Not because of you, but because of his sacrifice. Never walk into the throne room and say, Lord, you know I went to church three Sundays in a row. You know I've been doing pretty good. Never walk into what you did. Just say, you know, I thank you for the blood. Amen. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, not while you're watching it in your pajamas, in bed. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. If you have to be gone, fine. But if you choose to watch every Sunday morning in your pajamas, in your bed, you're not getting squat. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Verse 9, you visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. I mean, if God didn't send the rain, then the the IRS and the government and the bad people, they would find a way to cut off God's water spout. Okay? But it says, God visits the earth and waters it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full full of water tells about what he does for the grain and the valleys and the root. You crown, verse 11, the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. If you're walking with God, he crowns your year with goodness and his paths for your life drip with abundance. Psalm 66, verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Woo! Praise God. Come on. I, I don't hear everybody. Praise God. Make a joyful shout. I got a shout in my heart. Not possible. Make a joyful shout. Make a joyful shout. Make a joyful shout. Come on. Come on. Sing out. Sing out the honor. Sing out the honor. Sing it out. The honor of his name. Make his praise glorious and say or sing to God how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power. Oh, he did. She did do it. How awesome are your works to the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing towards me. Say he is awesome in his doing towards me. All right, there we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Verse 8, oh, bless our God, you peoples, and to make the voice of his praise to be heard. Woo, we praise you, God. We praise you, God. Amen. Listen, I'm I'm just reading the Bible to you. Okay, I'm just reading the Bible. And so make the praise of his voice to be heard. He keeps my soul among the living. He keeps my soul among the living, and he does not allow my foot to be moved. 
it's time for us to get our praise on. This is not just a funny, a cute saying from, you know, Israel Hooten or, or, or Eddie James or I'm going to sing a little louder. This is not just a cute part of the service. Psalms is telling you, you need to make the voice of your praise to be heard. Amen. And so it's verse 16. I will declare, come and hear all you who fear God. I will declare what he has done for my soul. Verse 17, I cried out to him with my mouth and he was extolled by my tongue, by my tongue. You got to lift your voice. Amen. And so the last thing I'm going to read, Psalm 67. God, be merciful to us, bless us, cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people righteously. You govern the nations on the earth. I mean, he's got to say it again. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then and only then shall the earth yield her increase to you. What is your body made out of? Made out of earth. When you praise the Lord, that earthy body of yours starts getting in line and it yields increase to you in every area that you need. Even your soul, your brain, your whatever's the problem. It is still made of earth. And so when you start praising the Lord, it yields increase. Crops, money, whatever it is that you need. When Come on, this is not hard. This is not a formula. It's a command. And if you don't do it, you don't get to reap the results. That's right. If you if you are very if you are a very simple person and you don't understand everything pastors saying all the time, one thing you can understand is get your hands in the air and say praise Amen. God. Praise I praise God. you Lord. I praise you Lord. I honor you Lord. I lift my voice and I worship you for you are God. Amen. All right, let the peoples praise you then, and only then the earth shall yield or increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us over and over. I keep saying, you praise God will bless. You praise God will bless. You praise God will bless. It's just that simple. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. You are awesome. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory and power and wisdom. For in you and from you do all things exist. And they were created to praise you. And so this morning, he said that we're to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I command my body to praise him, my mind and my strength, my spirit and my soul. I love you and I praise you and I thank you for your faithfulness to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-4444.
1-800-242-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.